All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Friday, June 10th edition of the Volunteer Country on a Side podcast. Today, Jake Nichols and I, Jack Foster, are previewing Tennessee's Super Regional against Notre Dame. Each team needs two wins to advance to Omaha as Tennessee is looking to return to the College World Series for the second straight season. They are hosting a Super Regional for the second straight season. How'd they get here? They swept last weekend in the regional, beating Alabama State, Campbell, and Georgia Tech. Notre Dame uh, advanced out of the Statesboro Regional, uh, in which Georgia Southern was the host. This will be the first meeting between Notre Dame and Tennessee this season. Jake, before we get into it, how you doing on this beautiful Knoxville Friday morning? And I'm uh, doing well. Excited for some uh, some good baseball later tonight and to see your bright, shining face later. Of course, it's the brightest shining face in Knoxville, all of Knoxville, actually. That's what I've been told. I'm not too sure about it, but I just take people's word for it. But I'll tell you what else is bright is Tennessee season. It's been a it's been a very bright yep. one, and they've been a they've been pretty good. So that it anyway, has nice transition. Yeah, fifty six and seven. I mean, you know, just casually pretty good. So, yeah. but the, but they they get a pretty tough opponent tonight, in my opinion. I think Notre Dame's tougher than any opponent they uh, faced last weekend. And it's a they bring a something a little something different to the table. Last weekend it was uh, some hot bats, you know, Campbell and Georgia Tech, very good lineups. This weekend Notre Dame brings a brings a deep pitching staff, a lot of good guys out of the pen, and a couple of really good starters. So let's go ahead and jump in. Um, due to the fact that he threw what 107 pitches on Sunday, their Friday night ace uh, John Bertrand will not start tonight. Um, he will start the Saturday game. Um, but they will start Austin Temple tonight against Tennessee. He has a 4-1 record with a 3-4-6 ERA and 13 starts and 16 appearances on 65 innings pitched, 86-31 to strikeout ratio. So, Jake, I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, Notre Dame's decision to do this. Do you, you know, just what do you think about Temple starting tonight rather than tomorrow? I mean, I feel like it's it makes sense, right? Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, given the fact that – like you said, Bertrand went so long the other day. And, um, you know, also looking at the fact that Notre Dame knows that it will, uh, if not tonight, then it'll at least have to win tomorrow. So, you know, obviously you want to have your, your best guy in one of those two, uh, two games to get going. So I think it's an easy decision to make. Absolutely. And, you know, just, what about your thoughts on Notre Dame's pitching staff as a whole? I mean, you know, they got guys like Jack Finley with 211 ERA out of the pen, uh, Ryan McClinsky 242. So, you know, it, and a lot of guys have thrown a lot of innings. Let's see. Uh, they got about, they got about eight guys uh, out of the pen. Uh, you know, uh, I'm saying out of the pen as, as I mean, not the two starters I've named because those are the only two guys who have consistently started. Their day three starter has been kind of a mix. So they got eight guys in addition to those two who have thrown at least 16 innings. So, you know, they got plenty of guys with some experience. So just what is your thoughts on the fighting Irish's pitching staff as a whole? Yeah, I think it's um, really interesting to look at just because, you know, I think it's the only team that rivals Tennessee in terms of what they have to offer on a pitching staff. They're veteran laden, they're deep. Um, you know, obviously Tennessee's got a lot of young guys that have started like Chase Burns and Drew Beam, but, you know, Notre Dame is full of vets and I think they, uh, they obviously have a very talented staff. They're seventh in the country in ERA, 10th in whip, and they're going to be facing a Tennessee team that's uh, first in those categories. So I guess the, the question kind of comes down to more to the, 
the offensive production, but it's definitely going to be a uh, a pitcher's duel for a little while, and I think it'll be fun to watch based on just, like you said, what we've seen from Notre Dame and the fact that they've produced so consistently at that part all season. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it because a lot of these Tennessee games have you know featured a whole lot of runs, so mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be a nice change of pace this weekend. But you're talking about death. This is what Tony Vitello talked about yesterday in his pre-tournament presser. He's like, you know, depth is the most impressive thing. Um, talking about Temple's fastball doesn't lie. <laughs> um, so he's impressed with what he's seen out of him as well as Bertrand. Um, but he says they'll rely on a bunch of different guys in different settings and roles. You know, he, he did mention just like you did about the, uh, the veteran. You know, they got a lot of old guys too. And to me, and I agree with Tony, at this point in the season, it's really significant to have guys who with a lot of experience, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want guys that have been in this kind of position before that, you know, that aren't new to the big stage or new to the, I guess, stakes, right? Of, you know, the fact that you're literally playing in a win or go home setting. Yeah. And, you know, talking about the save numbers as well with Notre Dame, um, they got five guys, six guys, excuse me, with at least two saves. So it, it, they've had been in a lot of close games and, uh, and they've gotten it done thanks to their pitching. So, you know, th- this is just a deep staff that will probably give Tennessee a little bit of trouble. Um, I, not saying that Tennessee's bats will fall flat or anything, but it will be interesting to see how Tennessee's offense, you know, matches up with the Fighting Irish. Uh, pitching staff and I think that's the storyline of this weekend Um, another storyline is of course Tennessee's pitching Um, and we now know the Friday night starter and Saturday starter is Blade Tidwell tonight on the mound no surprise there to me and Chase Doehner on the mound Saturday again no surprise but the Sunday starter is still up in the air Tony Vitello said he will get to it if it if the situation presents itself Um, so Jake what did you think about Tidwell Doelander on Friday Saturday I mean no surprise here right no, I didn't think so. And I, I think that it's obviously a, a good move given the results that have happened over the past couple of weekends. Dolander struggled, but but Blade has shoved. And, you know, I'm, I think we could uh, expect to see another good performance out of Chase this weekend to bounce back after last weekend. Yeah, I think I think he can. I think he's capable of rebounding and getting that confidence back up. Uh, I don't think he actually lost any confidence. He doesn't seem like the guy to lose any confidence with the season he's had. Right. But, you know, a couple questions here, Jake. Uh, I know we talked about it a lot on Tuesday. I'm very, the, like I said, the the Drew Beam thing is the most intriguing thing to me about this Tennessee team. But this this tournament might not make it to Sunday. Who knows? It's baseball. I mean, you can predict it will. You can predict it won't. Um, if if you were forcing me to predict, I would say it won't just because of I don't know, just because of how good Tennessee's been. But I can very easily see it going to Sunday. So if it does. Who do you think gets the start on the mound? If it does, I think it would still be Beam. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Tony Vitello talked about Drew Beam's usage, or I guess how how he yeah how he would use Drew Beam and his just his overall performance over the last month. And he said that this weekend Beam would be used in some capacity, whether that's in starting or relief. Now that could be foiled if. Saturday's game is a, you know, inning to inning thriller that results in just Drew Beam not throwing because they got right. Joyce or whoever out there. You know how it could go. So, 
But assuming it goes to Sunday, Drew Bean will throw. I actually think Camden Sewell will start on Sunday. Um, he didn't throw last weekend. He's very fresh. Uh, I, I don't think they'll need him on Friday or Saturday. Just save him to Sunday and get a really solid start on him. Have Bean come out, Bean come out of the pen if you want to. Because we've only seen Bean coming out of the pen once. I think he's – he, let him have another shot at it and see what happens before you go into Omaha. So, but it all depends on game situations. We know how fickle baseball can be. So, like I said, it's it's hard to predict those types of things. You know, we feel like we know how these games are going to play out because it's Tennessee. They've been the most consistent team in college baseball. But still, never know. It is fun to think about, though. Um, but, yeah, Jake, and, uh, you know, talk about experience. Notre Dame, Tennessee's got some experienced guys, but their coach now five years of experience. Just uh, how great, how old do you feel now that Tony Vitello has been at the helm for five years at Tennessee? Um, well, considering it happened in the start of my time at Tennessee, it does make me feel a little old. Uh, I went back and actually watched the uh, the press conference the other night, his introductory press conference, and it was really interesting to watch and go back and make some of the comparisons between now and then. But, uh, but man, five years, an SEC East title, um, two, uh, or excuse me, two SEC East titles and an SEC tournament title and obviously the regular season title. He has uh, done a stellar job and a trip to Omaha with obviously uh, looking to clinch another one. So he's, he's done an incredible job. And, you know, it's, it's easy to see why, Last year, he became the most coveted coach in the country just because of the turnaround he's performed at Tennessee. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you said you went back and watched the presser. I'm curious, was was Tony Shave when he had his introductory presser? Was that uh, when he had yes, the beard? he was. So he did not have the beard. The hair was far more trimmed. He had like a little, like almost like a kind of Elvis hairdo. Yeah, yeah. I've seen pictures. It, uh, but... <laughs> it was like shaved on the side. So like it didn't come down and like, flow back nearly as much as it does now yeah okay that's... But he, he's definitely grown it out a lot more that's funny that's funny okay yeah i was curious about that just a little quick but um yeah tony vitello has done a fantastic job in the past five years and you know obviously he has this program in a great situation kids should keep it rolling no signs of slowing down anytime soon but also talking about experience with this tennessee roster give me a couple evolved veterans um I feel like there's some obvious candidates here, but who are just some guys that you think are really going to be crucial to Tennessee's potential uh, run into deep into Omaha, anything like that? Just some some guys who have done this before, who you know, gone through the rigors of a college baseball season, especially guys who are on last year's team, who uh, who will, whose significance will increase on this on this roster going forward. I think you know um, an obvious choice here would be Drew Gilbert, just because of the clutch performances he's turned in in hitting. But, you know, I'm going to go with the, uh, the main three, Luke Lipsius, uh, Evan Russell, and Redmond Walsh. Those are the guys that have been here since Tony Vitello was hired, um, that have seen the lows of this program and now are obviously trying to, to take it to its highest point. So um, I think those three guys are going to be the most essential just because you look at what they've been through, the the valleys, the, um, you know, like I said, all the low points of seeing, you know, like Luke Lipsius said at the SEC tournament, right? They were the laughing stock of the SEC at one point. And 
now obviously they're far from it. So I think as far as, you know, leadership and especially with a lot of young guys on the pitching staff and in this lineup, that um, that those are going to be your three guys to rely on most just as far as, you know, hey, now we've we've done this before. And, you know, to to know the consistency it takes to finally reach that mountaintop. Yeah, definitely. Um, we know how good of leaders definitely Russell and Lipsius are and, and Walsh is to the pitching staff. So, so, yeah, those guys will come up huge. And Drew Gilbert, he's just playing the best baseball of his life right now. That's as far as consistency goes, every at-bat, he's making an impact, man. And uh, we know he can make great catches in the outfield. Um, I think what Jarrell Ortega was the regional tournament MVP, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. I think you could have made a case for Gilbert, but he was just SEC tourney MVP. So, I mean, he, he could yeah. easily make the case for Jarrell. I think I voted for Drew. Um, yeah, that's a fair point, though. Just because it, it felt like he impacted every game somehow in a significant yeah. way. But, yeah, look, Jarrell Ortega, what, like I said, just won the regional MVP. Drew Gilbert smashing balls. Jordan Beck, he's back to Jordan Beck. Uh, after that regional, you cannot say he's in a slump. No. Um, so, <laughs> so we all know what Jordan Beck did as well. But, uh, but yeah. yeah. Slump with a, uh, a few extra uh, hand signs to go with it. Oh, God, yeah. 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 Oh, Jordan Beck. Okay. Got to put Tennessee atop the atop – the, uh, it's not controversy, but, you know, it's like – The pettiness, I guess. What would you, what would you call that? Yeah, it's I don't I don't know the word for it. It's too early in the morning, but it's like a it's a word for you can't really call it bad, but um, polarizing. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It just makes it all the more polarizing. So I think that's the word I'm looking for. But yeah, and you know you go up and down this Tennessee lineup, you'll find talent and you'll find productivity. Um, but Jake, uh, you know we talk about polarizing and publicity and everything that goes around with Tennessee baseball. Well, Notre Dame put themselves in their own little situation. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so you saw the quote. Um, yeah. What was this? God, it was, so it was left fielder, Ryan Cole, Ryan Cole. He yeah, was yeah. asked by what me, he was right. asked what might be troubling about the fighting Irish from the Tennessee perspective. And this is directly from uh, Tyler Horka the Notre Dame beat writer for blueandgold.com. He said, Cole said, I couldn't tell you exactly what they see, but if I were them, I'd be a little scared. I think we're a very dangerous team. Now, if you don't think Tony Vitello has got that pasted everywhere in the locker room, you're on another planet. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about this. Yeah. I I had the quote. I just couldn't remember the player. I don't know why I didn't put that in my notes, but yeah, Ryan Cole. Um, So if I were to them, I'd be a little scared. What what's your, what was your thoughts? Obviously, this is going to give Tennessee the bulletin board material, just like you said. But what, why do teams do this? Uh, why do people? I, I think I think it's a great mystery at this point. Like like not even teams in general, but why do this against Tennessee? You've seen how it's worked out. You saw how it worked out for Campbell with the Orange. You've seen how it worked how it's been worked out for like Arkansas before Ole Miss LSU last year talking trash Ole Miss yeah I mean it's it you saw how it went just don't don't put yourself in that situation because you're you're setting yourself up if frankly speaking if if you get clapped then you know it's it's not going to be a good situation people are going to 
let's just say be in the mentions for uh for hashtag vol twitter yeah and it will that, not be pretty they will be um the only the only case i think we've had of tennessee doing anything like that is will mabry on right. friday against bama and they backed it up so they, they did, and, and they did, and to his credit, we did not hear from Mabry again until this past weekend. Yeah, when he shoved, but yeah, yeah, Tennessee did a good job of uh, limiting Mabry's media appearances. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but also, and you mentioned Tyler Horka was the one who, you know, broke the who quote. Put it out, yeah. yeah, he put the quote out, but he said, "Oh boy, game on!" After yeah. he. <laughs> it's like yeah you're right oh boy game on is correct (laughs) yeah oh man yeah so it's just uh, there's always examples of this kind of stuff and people are hate hate tennessee and it's just gonna probably happen as we go into omaha i mean don't be surprised if you see more middle fingers i guess but i although i should resend that I, i i don't think that that's a good look uh, Tennessee does a lot of things yeah. that are on the edge, and I think that went a little over. That's um, true. So, and, I, and you I know, like Jack, Tony. on that, yeah, on that note, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of things this team does that you're right are are polarizing, like the the middle fingers, and it wasn't a good look. But you know, you have to factor that in with the off field stuff. Prime example: Kirby Canal, Evan Russell, I think Drew Beam. I can't remember who else. They went to East Tennessee Children's Hospital yesterday and visited yeah. with a bunch of kids too. So you've you've got those two very different sides of the Tennessee baseball team on and off the field. No, you're yeah, you're totally right. Um, I read Adam Sparks. If you haven't read it, go read his story about yep. um on Knox News about how Kirby Canal came that little hero uh, going to the hospital and everything. It's 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 a great read. Um, but it was last night and yeah, so, you know, you got guys like that, but, and I think that's what makes this Tennessee team so great. And Tony Vitello has talked about it a couple of times, you know, there's, they're so, they're so energetic, you know, and like we said, competitive, ultra competitive on the field, but off the field, they're sweethearts, you know, Drew Gilbert being the one that comes to mind when we get him in media, he is like. (laughs) <laughs> he's so you would never ever ever imagine he would pound a, a center field wall when he sees a home run go over, right. the, over the wall he's just over there pounding like going into a fit and you're like what what is he doing and then you know the bat flips and just the yep. rage when he strikes out the excitement when he does something good the screaming but dude he is not that way off the field I, i've never had dinner with the man but i have a, I have a pretty fair judgment just based off talking to him so yeah and I think I think my favorite moment on that now that you mention it you know just to go uh all in on Drew Gilbert here for a second whenever he accepted the MVP trophy at the SEC tournament he when he went up to Greg Sankey just so polite talking to him smiling just like you know perfect little you know I guess boy scout when he approached him and meanwhile he's smeared with eye black and like you said had just you know gone like full not rogue but just angry as he does whenever something goes wrong on the field so it's it's really funny to see the the differences there in his personality yeah and um and we'll see what what shakes out this weekend with notre dame and tennessee i did not mention any specific notre dame bats but uh they got a pretty consistent lineup they're not power hitters by any stretch like tennessee is uh slugging percentage is uh it's pretty low but I will say David Lamana is a 
that are the leadoff guy, and he, he's been hitting pretty well this season. Uh, 359 average. Um, got 23 RBIs and uh, 47 hits on uh, on 131 at bats. So he's been pretty good. Hasn't started every game, but when he started, he's done. He's done pretty good. And then Carter Putts, um, Ryan Cole, and uh, Zach Prosner. So those three guys are all hitting above 300. Um, they got a couple of guys that are noteworthy, but the the big story of Notre Dame it's definitely their pitching staff. Just like last week, uh, like I said earlier, the story of those teams was their hitting lineup. So, um, yeah, be be uh, be aware when you're watching the game, keeping up with the game of who's on the mound for Notre Dame. Like I said, even the relievers are good. So that's what to watch with the Fighting Irish. But Tennessee is is talented all around. So, you know. Um, expect Blake Burke to start at DH. Uh, I think we could see a couple more Jared Dickey pinch hits considering how well he's done with those. Maybe a couple more Christian Moores. Maybe he gets a start um, if, if Notre Dame is – or if Blake Burke struggles tonight or something like that. But, you know, we know what we're getting with Tennessee at this point. Um, there's not much else you can get into. Uh, two wins and going to Omaha, Jake. And, you know – I, like I said, baseball is fickle and it's hard to predict, but what do you think is going to happen this weekend? I would say that um, the, that both games are going to be relatively close, but I think Tennessee does it in uh, in two games to go back to the cornfields. Back to the cornfields. Yep. What is Which the – You know, I think yeah. in most cases would be considered a bad thing considering, you know, nothing but corn, but not the case in Omaha, which – by the way, there was a uh, a picture of the Women's College World Series last night of like the, the I guess, cramped atmosphere and how much fun people said it was. Personally, I'm just excited to go back to, well, it's not TD Ameritrade now, but Charles Schwab Field. Not quite the same <laughs> ring to it. Charles Schwab. <laughs> Say that Charles five times. Charles Schwab Field. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Jake, <laughs> we're going to talk about it a whole lot in the coming weeks if Tennessee wins gets out of this weekend but what's what is the atmosphere like in omaha what how is it different than other places um truly it is like i think the sc i would say like the sec baseball tournament on steroids because you have got eight different fan bases from all these different elite teams that come together and more than that you've got fans like some lsu fans and other people that just because they love college baseball. They have a standing reservation every year. It is tailgates everywhere you look. The entire city of Omaha just embraces the series and each team. And each year, actually, the city of Omaha picks, or I guess uh, unofficially, picks one team to cheer for out of the eight. And so I think last year it was NC State, and we all saw what happened with that. But um, – but anyway, it's, it's really cool to see how the city kind of rolls out the red carpet for the teams. You've got, you know, team-themed drinks all across town. You've got uh, brackets scrawled across storefronts. It's really, really cool to see. And um, I think that's one part that I'm truly pumped to, uh, to be able to hopefully see again this year is just the way that the city embraces the series, especially last year, you know, in the first year after the pandemic you could really see how it changed everything because, you know, you think about it, it's, it's their lifeblood, right? During the summer, it's the, the tourism, the economy, it, it boosts everything, having all those fans in town. And so, uh, so I'm really excited to, uh, to hopefully see what it could be again this year. Yeah. 
uh i'm excited too and that's good stuff right there and you know let's get out of here on a little fun note jake um there's eight super regionals we know we just talked about tennessee notre dame so there's seven others um so let's do some predictions all right but real quick okay. it'll only take a couple minutes so let's go down the list here um uh, obviously the regionals were captivating there was a great day of college baseball on uh on sunday but let's go uh, in monday i should say okay so Number nine, Texas at number eight, East Carolina. Um, two really good teams, two top 10 teams. It's in Eastern Carolina. Who you got one in advancing to Omaha this weekend? I don't know why, but I just feel like I cannot go against Yvonne Melendez. I got to go with Texas. Yeah, me too. Uh, Louisville at Texas A&M. College Station, we know how rocket set gets. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go A&M. I think the Aggies make it to Omaha. I will say Louisville's ability to get out of that regional was pretty, pretty special. It was, yeah. They did a dang good job. All right, Oklahoma at Virginia Tech. This one, I, I feel like I got to go Virginia Tech here. I feel like Oklahoma's been good, but I think they have were a little inconsistent earlier in the year. I'm going to go Virginia Tech. Yeah, Hokie's been one of the best baseball teams this year. Um, to me, the closest one here, UConn at Stanford. This one, I'm going to go Stanford and simply because on another podcast, I talked to a, uh, oh, what was it? I think CWS247, whoever the mm-hmm. guy that is that runs that account. Um, he had Stanford as a, uh, a dark horse to make it to the national championship. And from the, the stats that I looked up after we talked, I was really impressed. So I'm going to go Stanford. Okay. Um, Arkansas, North Carolina. This is, this is a tough one. I'm, I feel like UNC, honestly. I, I don't know. I, you know, this is not anything against Dave Van Horn. I just, I don't know. I like the way North Carolina is playing right now. Okay. No, I mean, Arkansas slipped a lot this season, but they yeah. feels like they might be turning it on at the right time. All yeah. right. Auburn at Oregon State. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Oregon State here. I, I I don't see Sonny D being enough to to get them all the way to Omaha. Yeah, I agree. And last one, Jake, um, to me the most fun, Ole Miss at Southern Miss. Oh, yeah, I agree. The most fun. Um, I've got a friend that works in Hattiesburg, and it's going to be an elite atmosphere this weekend. They're all excited. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna go Southern Miss. I think I think they shocked the state of not shocked the state of Mississippi, but but they should be fa- I, favored, right? They are, but I I'm saying like I think just the fact that the majority of the state is probably Ole Miss fans compared oh, okay. to yeah, but definitely. but yeah, they are favored, and and I mean based on the the videos I've seen, Hattiesburg is gonna be absolutely wild. So I, I'm gonna go Southern Miss. Okay, I think Ole Miss wins. Okay. It's it's the Cinderella story continued, man. I mean, I guess oh, you you're gonna, you're gonna go full story, on but... like you're gonna go full on like Mike Bianco's fighting for his job to take them back to just their second Omaha appearance in like eight years. Okay. Yeah. I think it happens. There you go. Man, there you, they, go. you can't deny you can't deny just the, the momentum they're carrying right now. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but I do like all of your other picks. Um 
I feel like I agreed with almost every one of them. I think every one of them, to be honest. So two to three SEC teams making it to Omaha. Jake says two, I say three. Mark it. If we say it, it's correct, right? Oh, yeah. Take it, <laughs> take it to Vegas. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, Jake. Uh, Don't do that. Just kidding. Yeah. That's going to do it for today's um, Volunteer Country on SI podcast. Um, Friday preview games tonight. Um, 6 Eastern on ESPN2 between Tennessee and Notre Dame. Appreciate you guys tuning in this morning, uh, getting getting your information on Notre Dame for this weekend's Tennessee Super Regional. Should be a fun one in Knoxville if you're going. Um, and you see me at the tent, be sure and say hi. If you see Jake taking pictures, be sure and say hi. Uh, for Jake Nichols, I'm Jack Foster. This has been the June 10th edition of Volunteer Country on SI Podcast, and we'll be back on here next week.